0: Good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We say welcome back to our study we began last week, a new one entitled DNA, Who We Are. It's a quick review if you weren't with us last week. And if you were, then you know exactly what DNA stands for, right? Deoxyribonucleic acid. Nobody got excited about that. But Chloe did. That, that, represent, that represents school, and, and, and a lot of you are not super excited about school. But DNA, as we discovered last week, it, it contains that hereditary material or genes, all the things that make us unique. What we said last week is that nine, over 99% of DNA is the same. It's the, the small, tiny sliver that is actually unique and different to each individual. We said that DNA, it contains the instructions necessary for life. So what we're looking at is our DNA as a church, Alger Assembly of God. Who are we as a church, taking a look at structure and how and why do we exist? So we mentioned last week we are Alger Assembly of God, one of nearly 300 Assemblies of God churches in Ohio and part of our Ohio ministry network of the Assemblies of God, and we're in the midst of a 10-year plan called Ohio for Jesus with some pretty lofty goals as a state, desiring to plant churches and, and reach people for Jesus and raise up leaders and increase missions. But we are one of nearly 300 Assemblies of God churches in Ohio, one of about 13,000 Assemblies of God churches in the United States. Worldwide, close to 70 million people attend an Assemblies of God church. So that is a part of who we are. Last week, we took a look at our vision statement. We mentioned about the the process of examining who we are as a church. And we said this, we are committed to helping people belong to a family, believe in Jesus, become a disciple, and build his kingdom. That's the, the vision of overarching thought of why we exist here as a church. Today, I want to share a little bit about core values. What are some of those guiding principles, uh, guardrails, if you would, about how and why we exist as a church? In his book, Ministry Nuts and Bolts, the author Aubrey Malfors writes this, "'Core values are fundamental to all that an organization or church does.'" Core values drive our priorities. Core values shape our attitudes and actions. Core values direct our processes. Core values articulate and put into words what a church stands for. Even more than mission or vision, core values tell those inside and outside the church what is distinctive and what is important. So, I want to share a handful of those, but before we get to them, just to give you a little bit of an example, if we were to take a look at some major companies and corporations, they have something similar mission and vision statements and core values, kind of the guardrails of what drives them, what is distinctive and important to them. Some of them have a handful. Some of them have five or six. Some of them have 10, 12, 15, 20. I'm not going to read all of them, but here were a handful that I thought were interesting. I'm just going to select one from a number of different groups. And for this, I had to Google it. Speaking of Google, here's one of Google's core values. And it's phrased this way. You don't need to be at your desk who need an answer that's a part of the core value in other words people everywhere at just about any point in time need some information as I needed with some businesses and companies core values and so part of what drives them is to help people reach information that's needed how about Facebook one of the uh, popular social media sites One of their core values reads like this, build social value. That's a part of why they exist, a part of their guardrails. You move to American Express, one of the credit card companies. One of their guardrails or core values is this, customer commitment. And certainly in fine print or in big print, it's make as much money as possible, right? Credit card companies. So American Express said customer commitment. How about Yahoo? Search engine, website, email. One of Yahoo's core values is this, customer fixation. It's one of the things that drives them. Ikea. Anybody been to an Ikea? There's one down in Columbus, super huge furniture store, and and basically... Once you get in, you've got to wind your way through the entire store before you get out. Pretty clever. I mean, it's not like a Walmart or a supermarket where all the aisles are open. Once you start, once you enter the maze, you kind of feel like a rat in the maze. Once you enter, you've got to go all the way through the store to get out. But one of their core values is this, cost consciousness. They want to get you to pass as many items as possible to purchase some of those items, but the items that they have, they try to be cost-conscious. They, they want to try to provide a good item at a good price, part of what drives Ikea. And Nike, the footwear and apparel company, one of their core values is evolve immediately. Evolve, change, adapt immediately be ready to change ready to move ready to adapt so you get a just a slice a little taste if you would some of the flavor of some of these companies businesses and core values But as a church what drives us we believe core values are God's heart for the church and so we want to share these now, understand if something is not mentioned, it doesn't mean, oh, we don't believe in that, or you've got to narrow down at some point. How many of you are glad that I'm not about to go through 100? Oh, I hear that. I hear that. Now, we've got a bunch, and we're, we're going to work kind of quickly. We don't have anywhere near 100, but we got more than one. So these are things we believe are God's heart for our church, things that we believe are some guide rails, some guard rails as we seek to reach people for Jesus. Here's the first core value. Biblical truth. Biblical truth. We believe that God's word is our authoritative foundation and guide. Biblical truth. God's word is authoritative. It's not just A way, it's not just some information to consider. It's not just, well, think about that, but make your own call. God's Word, biblical truth, is our authoritative foundation in God. We need a foundation. Everybody needs something to be built upon, and we don't build upon anything else besides God and His Word. It's not about thought, it's not about speculation, it's not about preference. It's built upon the Word of God, biblical truth. And God's Word is not just a guide. His Word is the guide. That reminds me me about a particular university in Columbus. The Ohio State University. Oh, I knew we'd get some reaction. The Ohio State. They put the, the, the in there. When it comes to God's Word being the authority, when it comes to God's Word being our foundation, when it comes to God's Word being our guide, it's not just one of the guides. It's not just one source that we might turn to and consult for information before we go do our own thing. God's Word is the foundation, our guide. In fact, in Acts 17, 11, we read about the Bereans. It says the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Just skimming through a little bit about each one, but what they see is they were receiving God's word. You and I, we've got to get grounded and receive God's word. We can hear it. We can read it. We can study it. But in multiple different ways, we need to encounter the Word of God. How did they do it? They received it with eagerness. Are you and I excited and eager to dig into the Word of God? Or is it a drudgery and a chore? I hope that there's an excitement to read the Word of God, to learn what God's Word, biblical truth, has to say it's not that we got to it's that we get to Uh, gotta read the bible again hopefully it's man i get to open up god's word and study biblical truth that's how they did it how often did they do it it says they examined scripture daily You and I ought to have a regular time in God's Word. That's why for years and years we have encouraged Bible reading guides. There's paper copies in the foyer. There's digital copies online, website and Facebook. There are uh, devotionals available in the foyer. The goal is to get into God's Word on a regular basis and allow God's Word to get into us. It starts with biblical truth. God's word is authoritative. In today's age and culture, everything, well. well, that's true for you, but that's not truth for me. People talk about speaking my truth. I, I want to live my truth. This is truth. God's word is truth, and so as a church, one of the core values, one of the things that is the guide rails or guardrails of life and in ministry is this, God's word is truth. Here's the second one. Not only do we believe in biblical truth, we believe in spirit empowerment. We believe that the Holy Spirit supplies us with direction and power for life. Everybody is seeking direction. Everybody's seeking power. God says, you want wisdom? Come to me. You desire the Holy Spirit to help and equip and empower? Seek after me. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As somebody's of God church, And here at Alger Assembly of God, we believe in spirit empowerment. And guess what? That's something that can happen any day of the week, any week of the year, and not just during what we might call Pentecost Sunday. As we remember Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit being poured out the day of Pentecost, we believe in spirit empowerment empowerment the holy spirit giving guidance and direction and power to do what to empower us to be a witness to empower us to share about jesus not just to check off a box to say i got it or i received it but i want to be equipped and empowered to tell more people about jesus we believe in biblical truth. We believe in spirit empowerment. Number three, core value is authentic love. We aim to live out our love to God and others. Authentic love. You and I know what's real and what's genuine and versus fake and phony, right? Although sometimes we can get fooled. I mean, I would venture to say at some point, we've been fooled by someone, somewhere, sometime. We thought they were real. We thought they were genuine. uh, But maybe it, it wasn't. What do we believe in as a core value? Real and authentic love. Lived out, not just spoken out. In fact, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was encountered and and someone was asking him a question. They're trying to trip him up in his words. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Probably implying, well, you know, there's 10 commandments that were given in the Old Testament. And so if Jesus would pick one of them out, then uh, that that must mean that the others aren't quite as necessary. and, And he's really trying to stir something up. Here's Jesus' response Matthew 22, beginning in verse 37, he, meaning Jesus, said to him, the man who asked the question, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Only Jesus can take the Ten Commandments, can take all of the lessons and laws and rules and guidelines of the Old Testament and say, hey, you want to know what to do? Love God and love others. Simple, right? Loving God? Sometimes we might say loving God is simpler or easier than loving others because, you know." Loving God, God doesn't uh, let us down. God doesn't, uh, you know, fall short. Uh, God doesn't irritate or frustrate the way sometimes people that we see might do. But some people might say, well, it's harder to love God whom I can't see. For some, it's easier to love somebody that they can. This isn't an either or. It's not just, well, love God and put up with people. It's not just love people and live apart from God. Jesus said it's love God and love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, man, that is a big one. I mean, do you love yourself? You feel pretty good about yourself. I mean, we tend to do things that feel good for us and are good for us. And now Jesus said, love your neighbor, love that other person the way you love yourself and take care of yourself. And if you, were, if you and I were there, we might be one of those people who you know, maybe try to raise your hand. You're like, uh, uh, you know, Jesus, just a word, privately, just, just you and me. Do you mean love other people who only love you? Because I'm good with that. The people that love me, I'm able to love them no problem. Or do you really mean love everybody? Do you mean love the people who irritate, love the people who I can't stand, love the people who hate me? Are you serious, Jesus? Yeah. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart and soul and mind and strength. I mean, love God, but love your neighbor. Love others as you love yourself. I would venture to say, I'm just going out on a limb here. But I feel pretty safe on this limb. I would venture to say everybody in here, at least at one point in time, has at least had one person that's been difficult and challenging to love. Okay, whew. I thought pretty, I felt pretty good about stepping out on that limit. It felt pretty solid. I would venture to say that. The the real question would be well, how many people have we had? Because listen, as human beings, we are all unique and individual. And did I say unique? It's a nice way of saying, we're all a little weird and strange in our old way. And sometimes it's challenging. There's some people in our lives. It might be family. It might be friends. It might be coworkers. It might be classmates. It might be neighbors. It might be somebody in the community. I'd venture to say there's at least one that's rubbed you the wrong way, that just irritates you. And Jesus said, love God and Love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. The people that you see, as well as God whom you don't, live out authentic love. Does that mean we mess up at times? Sure. Let's do the very best to live with authentic love. I got to move. Next, core value that we believe in an Alger assembly of God is consistent prayer. We connect ourselves to God with an attitude of dependence. Consistent prayer. Listen, everybody prays sometimes. We believe in regular and faithful and consistent prayer. Prayer should not just be on a Sunday or on a time when we're in a church service or a youth service or a Sunday school or a discipleship. It's not just about when we pray for a meal, although that's good. Consistent, faithful, regular prayer. Good times and bad. Human nature says when things are tough, when things are difficult, we turn to God and we pray. In fact, maybe you've had some individuals who don't know Jesus, but they know that you're a Christian, and when they face a difficulty... Maybe you've had somebody reach out at some point and say, Hey, uh," as they stumble around, would you pray for me? A lot of people pray in difficult times, but guess what? We can pray when things are going well. We can pray when things are going difficult. We can pray when we don't know how things are going. We can pray regularly. James chapter 5, the end part of verse 16 says this the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. And those are two words we like to hear about. Powerful and effective. Almost sounds like an infomercial. See some of those infomercials, whether it's about this product or that product. Oftentimes, powerful and effective. I mean, it, it, it gets stuff done. It works. James is saying, that's what happens when we pray. The prayer of the Righteous individual, powerful and effective. We're talking about the fact that God can move mountains. Part of the song that we sung earlier. God can. As we pray, as we trust, as we believe in Him, we believe that mountains are moved in prayer. The impossible becomes possible. And it's not because of us. because of the mighty hand of God. Prayer does indeed change things. God answers prayer. So pray. Pray regularly. Pray faithfully. Pray consistently. Don't just pray about needs, but certainly we can pray about needs. We can pray about needs in our own situation, needs in other individuals that we face. We can pray about the challenges and hardships. We can pray about the joys and ups and mountaintops of life. We can pray about it all, but consistent prayer should be a part of not just a church life, but an individual in the church life. Consistent prayer. Next, genuine worship. Another core value that we believe strongly in, we say that we aspire to a deeper experience of love and admiration of God. Part of our heart of worship to Him Paul writes about it in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he would find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. The NIV, the end of that verse says, This is your true and proper worship. What's the true and proper worship? giving of our bodies, how we live our lives to God, for God, in response to all that He's done. Because of all He's done for you, we took part in communion. We paused. We remembered the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, His Son. Part of worship, part of praise. We are thankful for who He is. We are thankful for what He has done. That's a part of our worship. But understand, worship is much more than a song it's more than a segment of a service now it includes that because we mention and typically every sunday we'll say "Hey, join us as we open up our service and worship and join us as we continue in worship that's a part of worship as we sing and and declare songs about who he is and what he's done in fact Giving, the act of giving is a part of our worship. Oftentimes, that will be mentioned or stated as well. As we continue our worship, let's give in response to him. But worship is more than a few songs. Worship is more than an offering, although those are parts of our worship. Genuine worship is a lifestyle. It's how we live our lives for God and as unto him. Not just a portion of a service. And so the encouragement as part of the core values, we believe in genuine worship. Not just that we'll have some opportunity for worship in a service. We believe in that. But how you and I live our lives genuinely to the Lord. As Romans 12.1 encourages. Moving on. Another core value out assembly of God is intentional Discipleship. The process, the intentional process of becoming a disciple, a learner, or a follower of Jesus. It's something that is not accidental, but having a plan and a purpose. The thought is this we pursue persistent growth as a follower of God. Now, you and I can accidentally do a whole bunch of things, right? Have you ever accidentally done something around the house? I mean, you were trying to fix something. You were trying to work on something. And you tried and you tried and nothing worked. And you tried and you tried. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I got it. And the person next to you is like, well, what would you do? Well, I don't know. But I did it. I got it. I, I fixed it. You and I can accidentally do a whole lot of things. The goal about discipleship, the goal about growing in Christ is intentionally, little by little, day by day, growing in our walk and our relationship with God, pursuing persistent growth. Here's what Colossians 2.7 reads. It says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. I highlighted or circled or underlined these three phrases. Grow down, built on, and grow strong. It's a good description, if you would, of hopefully this growth and this discipleship, this learning process to grow down. He says, let your roots grow down. Talking about that as the foundation again. A plant, a flower, a tree, they all have some roots. Even those pesky weeds In fact, sometimes weeds have an even deeper and stronger root system than some of the nice and pretty flowers that we like to keep, right? There's a whole lot underneath the surface. He's saying, let your roots grow down. They're the foundation. You and I need a spiritual foundation in our walk with God. Let those roots grow down. Let's, Let's initiate and begin that relationship with God and then begin establishing roots. But don't stop with the foundation. If you live in a house, if you live in an apartment or whatever kind of complex, there's probably something underneath you. And you're probably glad it didn't stop with that. You're probably glad you don't just have a floor. Or you don't just have a floor on top of a cement pad. You're thankful for some walls and ceilings and roof. And structure. So it's not just about the starting. It's not just about that foundation. Not just about those roots. Keep growing. Keep building. Keep allowing God to do that work in your heart, in your life, as we intentionally grow and become a disciple. The scripture says to grow down, to build on, and grow strong. Don't grow weak. Don't grow sickly, but grow strong in your faith. Certainly, we desire to provide some opportunities for intentional discipleship. Sunday mornings at 930, classes for ages and men and women, boys and girls, the the goal is to help you to grow. Wednesday night adult Bible study, the goal is to help you to grow. But it's more than a Sunday or more than a Wednesday, intentional discipleship says, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time with God. I'm going to allow those roots to grow down, to be built upon, and then grow strong in Him. It's intentional discipleship. Continuing in the home stretch, trust me, wholehearted service. We believe in wholehearted service as a core value. Wholehearted, not just half-hearted. Giving of our very best as unto the Lord. The thought is this. We seek to do all that we do as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.23, familiar verse of Scripture says, to work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. He says, whatever you do, there's a whole lot that we can do as we serve God. Certainly a part of wholehearted service and ministry, ministry can be done within the church building. There's different ministries to serve in and to get involved in. But we can also serve our family. We can serve in the community, the things that we do in our job, around the neighborhood. All that we do, whatever it is... We're doing it as unto the Lord. We're doing it for God and not for man. All that we do is a wholehearted service giving all of us as unto God. Giving Him our best. Whether that's in a full-time ministry capacity, in a volunteer capacity, in our job setting, in our family setting, in our community setting, is everything that we are doing wholeheartedly as unto the Lord and not unto man. Because if we live our lives as unto men, mankind, Here's a phrase that oftentimes comes up because it's human nature. If we do something as unto man, this might be the effect. Eh, that's good enough. You ever heard that? Maybe you've uttered those words at some point in time. Eh, that's good enough. In the job or the workplace, eh, that's good enough. In the house of the Lord, in the family, in the community, Paul writes in Colossians, whatever you're doing, do it wholeheartedly. Why? Because we're doing it for the Lord. Yeah, we've got a job. And you might have a boss that you work with or work for. You might have teachers and faculty and administration and coaches, etc. But all that we're doing, we're doing it to the very best of our ability because we're doing it as unto the Lord. Wholehearted service. Next to last, core value, inspired obedience. I like that word, inspired. It's enthusiastic obedience. It's not a begrudging obedience. It's not a, uh, but a desire to obey what God has. The thought is this. We purpose to both understand and follow God's instructions. James puts it like this, James 1.22, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. We're pretty good at hearing stuff. We're often not the best at doing it. It's one thing to hear what God's word has to say, to hear a message being preached, to hear a lesson being taught, or to read God's word for ourselves. It's one thing to hear it, but it's a whole other thing to do it, right? To put it into practice, If you're a parent and you ask a child to do something, you don't just want them to understand what you've asked. You want them to follow through. If you're a boss or an employer and you've got some employees working with you or underneath you, you don't just want them to understand the job or the task that you've asked of them. Hey, boss, I understand exactly what you want me to do. I'm just going to go over, sit over here and not do it. Cool with you? It's more than just hearing, it's doing. It's more than understanding, it's obeying. We believe that's important in our walk and our growth with God. It's inspired obedience. James says we deceive ourselves if we just hear God's word, but we choose not to put it into practice. Inspired obedience. Finally this morning, a final core value, a final guide rail or guardrail as we seek to accomplish the mission and vision God's called us as a church is this. We believe in global impact. Global impact. Yes, our hearts and our desire is to impact Alger and surrounding areas and communities and across our region or state or nation but also our world missionaries ministries that we support on a regular basis people who are in places and regions and nations and communities you and I might never have an opportunity to visit we believe in a global impact we support missions and we proclaim Jesus to our world here's what Jesus says in mark 16:15 he says go Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Twice in this verse is the word all. He didn't say, you know, go to a couple of places that are close and easy and tell a couple of people about me. He gave a lofty goal, a lofty challenge, a lofty commission to the disciples. And it's a commission for you and I. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all, to every creature. It's a tall order. But he encourages us to go. Now, in in many cases, there are missionaries, and who knows but that someone in this church service or somebody watching or listening online, that God might call you into missions to be a full time missionary somewhere in the United States or somewhere across the world. That's a part of the going. But simply because God doesn't call or choose to use you in full-time ministry across the world, doesn't let you and I off the hook, we can go into our world. Go into your school, your job, your workplace, your family, your community, your neighborhood. Live that example of Jesus Christ. Share the good news about Jesus Christ. Go into your world wherever that might be. Along with the going comes the praying. Pray as we go. Pray as we send other missionaries. Pray as we support it, as we invite missionaries on a regular basis here throughout the year at Alger Assembly of God. We want to be challenged and exposed to people who are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ all around the world. And as we see people giving of their lives sacrificially in some other place across this world. Hopefully, that's a, a nudge and a challenge for you and I to share Jesus in our world, where we are. We're challenged to go. We're challenged to pray. We can be challenged to give, to give and support people, such as missionaries across the state of Ohio, across the United States, and worldwide all a part of missions, all a part of the global impact, all a part of going into all the world and preaching the gospel, reaching all people. Lofty goals. But every single one of these are thoughts. We believe this is God's heart for our church and us individually. Core values, what do we believe? Quick review. Biblical truth, spirit empowerment, Authentic love, consistent prayer, genuine worship, intentional discipleship, wholehearted service, inspired obedience, and global impact.